Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson, and it is Sunday around noonish, something like that. I'm kind of in the middle of I'm fogged to say the least, but have the uh, the draft day hangover. But I'm very excited to be honest with you. I've been spending the whole day just reading and reading and reading and learning about every team. What they drafted, I um, still don't feel like I have a good firm handle on it. Got some sleep last night for the first time in a couple nights. That's fantastic. But we're here to. I'm just here, obviously, to give you a thumbnail of the the Steelers' excellent draft class. And rarely, everyone overreacts after the draft. What an amazing draft steal that they stole this guy. You know, sleeper. You know, all these terms that get thrown around. But we talked about all these guys leading up to the draft, and I didn't think they had any shot at Jones. I would have considered Porter at 17. I would have considered Benton at 32. I would have considered Washington at 32. I like Herbig and Corey Trice. I didn't know about his knee, nor did I know about Washington's knee, but it sounds like there's things with both of them. But they're phenomenal players, especially where you got them. And Spencer Anderson, frankly, I didn't know anything about, but I'll tell you my thoughts on those guys too. So Friday, I recorded a Broderick Jones only podcast. So I am skipping over him. I like him. But go read, go listen to that one if you're interested. Just my thoughts on the first rounder. So let's start real quick. This offseason and this draft epitomizes this. The entire Steeler offseason. The theme to me is physicality, size. You know, this draft, as well as all the guys they've brought in from outside the team, free agents, trade, none of them are little. None of them are average size. They're all big, physical dudes. And this draft epitomized that, like I said. And that starts with Joey Porter. Biggest corner in this draft. <laughs> I mean, uh, obscenely long arms. And again, I've talked about Joey Porter many times with you guys, and I have a, a stat for all these guys that I found this morning when I was surfing, searching the net. And how about this? Let's lump Joey Porter and Corey Trice together. I know one was drafted at 32 and one was drafted at 241, but they're very similar. They're both huge. They're both, I don't even want to call Corey Trice, Joey Porter, Jr. light, but that's they're the same type of guy. They are both huge with long arms, very physical, press man corners. And by drafting two of them, and I'm sure they looked at Trice after that long stretch from 132 to 241 and been like, we didn't plan on taking two outside corners, but this guy's too good. And if the knee's an issue, so what? We'll figure it out. And maybe that allows you to move on from Witherspoon, save that money. Maybe not. You know, maybe you just put them all in there and just have a bunch of tall ass, long press man corners. But the league has been drifting away from press man coverage. Steelers aren't. They're embracing it. They're going to play a lot of press man with a single high safety while the league is going too high zone. And I love it. I mean, I think it just sets a tone. You trust your corners. You beat people up at the line of scrimmage. It allows you to blitz more. You can help them with underneath coverage as well with only one safety in there. So here's my nugget on Porter. Everyone talks about he only has one interception in his career. That's true. Um, I have some more nuggets too, but he really didn't get thrown at hardly at all after the first week of the season last year. I think it was against Purdue in week one. I have to double check that, but they attacked him. He had pass breakup after pass breakup. And then after that, no one really threw at him the rest of the year. It's hard to get interceptions when no one throws the ball at you. So Porter Jr. 
forced incompletions on just under 38% of his targets last year. Best in the entire nation. You gotta love hearing that. Now, my trice nugget, uh, where is my trice nugget? I'll look for it while we chat here. But again, they're very, very similar players in that they are going to beat the crap out of you at the line of scrimmage. And here we go. Corey Trice finished the year as Pro Football Focus's eighth highest graded tackling cornerback among his draft class. Great tackler. He has a safety background. He also allowed the 11th lowest passer rating when target. So when quarterbacks targeted Trice this past year, their passer rating was just 51, 51 51.3, which is tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. So he played the whole year, lit up the combine, but missed the 2021 season with the knee. That's why I keep bringing up the knee with him. And apparently I've heard, I don't know this as a fact, but he dropped because of medical concerns, even though everything he's done during the season last year and the postseason combine, those type of things, pro day, were all very, very impressive. So he's ready to go. It's probably just a case of, well, he might not have a long career or he's apt to another one. That's just my hunch. I hate talking about injuries, of course. But those two corners are very similar and they are going to come up and press you and beat you up and play man coverage old school. And I love it. So we'll take a little break and we'll talk about these other guys on the back half of the podcast. Again, just thumbnails on all these dudes. Okay, we're back. In a very thin defensive tackle market, Keanu Benton, I think, is a value at 49. Again, big, physical, getting redundant here. He beats up on his opponent. They play a 3-4 at Wisconsin. I guess we should note two Georgia guys, two Wisconsin guys. One of them has a brother on the team. One of them's dad was on the team. Makes you, I mean, it's it's getting a little crazy with the Steelers, to be honest with you. But I'm all for it. It just makes these guys' life easier. You know, he'll, he'll room with Herbig and whatever. You know, Herbig will probably room room with brother Herbig. Or I know they don't room together, but you, you know what I'm saying. Anyways, back to Benton. They basically played a 3-4 defense at Wisconsin. Not every snap, of course. He was the nose. Herbig would be your 3-4 outside linebacker for them. Herbig was extremely productive. We'll get to him in a minute. Benton was productive too. I mean, as nose tackles go, he had over six sacks. He was considered a run stuffer up until this year, but he is ascending. Oh, the other thing, all these guys in the top four rounds are very young. You know, that's something we talked about with Jones. Young, big programs, big bodies, physical. They're all the same that way. So Benton is more Tyson Alu-Alu than he is Cam Hayward or it, and he isn't Hampton-esque. I always hate to have to pigeonhole these D linemen because really what he's going to do is him and I would imagine Liao will back up Joby and Hayward and rotate in and bring them along a little bit slower. Big, heavy hands, big, powerful, thick body, but he's not a short, stumpy nose. I mean, he is a, a power player, really dominant against a run. He can one gap, he can two gap. It's almost an equal split where he lined up, like 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%. 
in each A gap and each B gap, which is, you know, next you know, between the center and guard, between the guard and tackle. So he's always in one of those four gaps and the same thing will be true here. But he is very much an ascending pass rusher. He needs to add more pass rush repertoire, you know, more moves, refine them more. And you'll see sometimes he comes out of his stance too high. Those are the two things he needs to work on. Better pad level coming out off the ball, playing with better pad level, and refining his pass rush repertoire technique. But he's going to help immediately. Let's just stick, I guess, with Wisconsin. Herbig is going to be an awesome special teamer. Now, that's not a great way to preface things, you know. But at a minimum, he's a great special teamer depth player. That I have no doubt about. As soon as they picked him, the Steelers' outside linebacker coach, Edge, came and sat down with us and said, he's mine. He's going he's gonna to be an Edge player for us. So we had all kinds of questions when the pick was made or even leading in. Is he an Edge? Is he an off-the-ball linebacker? Well, he was very productive as an Edge in a 3-4 at Wisconsin, a program they know a ton about, much like T.J. Watt. You know, I'm not saying he's T.J. Watt. But he has short arms. He's not – you'd love to have – 10, 15 more pounds on him, especially if he's going to stay on the line of scrimmage. Great hustle player, um, a technician. You know, a lot of his sacks are later in the down, just working. And that, that doesn't imply he's not a good athlete. He's a fine athlete. But of these guys, athletically, I would say he's probably the least, you know, yeah, but which isn't saying much. I think you're going to start him at the edge. It wouldn't shock me that I'm not going to say it's a failure. But it wouldn't shock me if they moved him to off-the-ball linebacker because he does see the game really well. He coverages well enough. Uh, it would be a work in progress there. So all that's still going to work itself out. And it, this pick would not you know, get in my way if I was going to draft another edge or sign another edge, a veteran or linebacker for that matter. But I do really like the pick. I, said, so I felt like I said more negative than positive. We'll just see how it works out when the pads are on in the NFL. I've talked about this a ton. I adore Darnell Washington. I, many of you tweeted at me, Williamson's so happy they got his tight end. You know, they, they were able to get one out of this class. 100% true. I can't comment on the knee. I don't know. I guess both knees have given him problems. They swell. That's just what I'm reading. Um, that's the only thing that explains him falling to 93 overall. That coupled with it being an extremely deep tight end class. So if you have an equal grade on Washington – and Laporta. But Laporta's cleaner medically, you take Laporta. So he probably lost a lot of ties in draft rooms around the league, which of course benefits Steelers. He is a massive human being. He is a power player. He is going to be the Zach Gentry, but he can really run down the scene. He has very, very good body control and contorting to bad passes. He leaps over people with ease as a ball carrier. He's not super twitchy. I mean, it takes him a little while to get going. And I will say his combine numbers make him look a little faster, more athletic than he really is. But he's 6'8", and he supposedly plays at like 280. I mean, at a minimum, he's 270-ish. He's a killer blocker in college, and he just beats up people. He just throws people out of the bar. I mean, he's a bouncer. But he has some technique work to do to be a killer blocker at the next level. But he's going to line up next to a tackle, and he's going to be probably 
before any time at all. A much better version of Gentry as a blocker and certainly as a receiver. And I love it. I mean, all the the physical power sets you can throw out there now, you could get really big with six offensive linemen, Washington, Fryermuth, and Pickens. You know, I mean, just think of the beef on the field there, you know, and they have all the capability of doing that now. So I adore this pick. Again, we're just thumbnailing these dudes, and I've talked a lot about them before. Last guy, pick 251. I knew very, very little about Spencer Anderson from Maryland. Uh, where I'm seeing he's listed as a guard, but I think one of the beauties of him is versatility. My hunch is, considering the depth chart, he'll play center here You know, from the get-go, which I like. He's good in protection. Okay athlete. I mean, he's a seventh-round guard, interior lineman. But at Maryland, he played a lot of tackle. A lot of guard, a lot of center, and you know, second team all ACC. I think you know things like that. He's a quality player that has versatility. Maybe he'll be none of the above at the next level. Maybe he'll be the new Hassenauer type. You know, just pure backup center that can throw him in at guard if you need to on game day if two or three people go down. So I like the pick. The more I found out about him, the more I liked him. He's a late seventh round pick, folks. If he doesn't, we never talk about him again six months from now. So be it. You know, that's the way it works. So that's a wrap. Um, I know people get excited on Monday after the draft, A plus draft. Generally, everyone always asks me, you know, rate their draft. And if you're new to my work, I usually do not give out A's or D's or F's. And obviously, these two knee situations have a lot to do with the value of Trice and Washington. But I adore this draft. I really do. And that's not just to blow smoke up the Steelers' butts or make you guys excited. I I think they did tremendous work. And frankly, if you gave that war room Omar Khan truth serum, I bet he's smiling like a butcher's dog going, man, a couple things fell our way. You know, we got some breaks here and they took advantage of it. So good stuff. I like it a lot. Over and out. Over and out.